Hi, welcome to my second episode of Music and Mayhem. I am Sarah Oliver, or better known as Mrs. Oliver, to my students and my following. And today I'm going to talk about first year teaching or just the beginning of your teaching career. Basically, what I want to talk about is, and I asked a number of music teachers from around the country, what do you wish you knew during your first year of teaching or even your first few years? Because some some of us music teachers, we don't find that forever job our first year and we're ex- we're experiencing new environments every year as we go from school to school to school. And that's kind of how my experience was. My first four years teaching, I was at a new school. And I'm in year five and it's the first time I've been in a school for more than a year. And I was really, I'm really just trying to find that perfect uh, space for me, my perfect job. Um, it'll never be perfect, but it'll be perfect for me or it'll be perfect for you or whoever. But really in those first few years of teaching is when you're really finding yourself as an educator, a music educator, you're figuring out what you actually want to do. Cause let's face it, I did not expect to go into teaching general music, but that being said, I found an absolute passion for it. I wanted as most of us do want to go, we we find our love in teaching band or choir or being in a band or choir, and that inspired us um, to be a music teacher because or a music educator um, because we want that experience and we want to share that experience with students. But you can do that in the general music classroom, but we'll talk more about that later. But really what I want to talk about today is what do you wish you knew when you started teaching? And many of the comments um, that I received from this and of people talking um, is main one is classroom management um, curriculum um, and those are the big two really it's stuff you truly don't necessarily learn in college or how to dive deeper into general music like you get your basic general music classes but really nothing completely focuses on a um a subject matter like we talk about kodai we talk about orf we talk about velcros but we don't truly dive into it until you're actually teaching you're like oh i could have i could have learned all this but why didn't i know it going into my first year teaching I thought it was going to be like, yeah, I'm a teacher. This is going to be great. I teach music. Um, not so much. I mean, my first year teaching, it wasn't horrible. It was scary, but it wasn't horrible. Did I have classroom management issues? Oh, yeah. Um, but did I persevere? Definitely. Am I learning new things every year? Of course. So let's talk about that. Um, Also another thing um, that I want to add on to that is um, on top of curriculum, on top of classroom management, um, I'd like to talk about also teacher health, mental health, physical health, because that's so important when you're getting into a career that is absolutely 
physically draining, but in the best way possible. So, um, as musicians, we're definitely all perfectionists. I will attest to that. I am terrified to do something without it being absolutely perfect, especially like in my graduate work. I get so anxious that I literally just shut down. I'm like, well, it's not perfect. I can't do it. I can't turn it in. So I literally freeze. And I'm like, and it's, then it's then it's not even as good as it could be. So like my lesson plans, is it absolutely perfect? Does it have to be? No, absolutely not. So as a first year teacher, your lesson plans do not have to be perfect because they will crash and burn. I will, just be honest, they will be like, and um, most people are used to my sound effects. So you're gonna have to get used to it too. But like I said, most people will crash and burn. Your lesson plans will fall off a cliff. Your lesson plans will not be perfect. You'll be like, that's perfect, I love it. It's gonna be awesome. I have this, 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 I'm meeting this standard. Um, They're gonna play instruments. Nope, nope, that's not gonna happen. It might, but not today, not your first day. And if it does, you are awesome, right? So that perfect lesson plan, um, it's not going to happen. It might, like I said, but it really, I mean, the first time I got drums out, I'm like, yay, drums. And I'm like, oh, why are we all playing them at the same time? Nope, nope. Like, you have to set those expectations. But I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use instruments. But they don't tell you, like, hey, this is how you kind of set up your class and you have to set up these classroom expectations before your students actually come in. They don't tell you that in college. They don't tell you that you're going to have some pretty rough kids. A lot of times, the schools that they send you to are um, suburban, middle class schools that you are student teaching in. And these children are perfect little angels, most of them. And they... um, have a rapport with their music teacher. Um, the students have relationships with their parents, where their parents are giving them the support at home. But you know, you don't. When you go into teaching, you're gonna. You might end up at that school where they're not getting that support. So they they need more than just music from you. Your students are gonna need more than music from you. My students need more than just music from me. But I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be perfect. I didn't know that I was going to be teaching children who come from a home where a parent has been killed, where a sibling has died, where they're taking care of their siblings, where they can't come to school because they're trying to make income for their their household. And that's speaking of like middle school. Um, kids too because I've taught K through eight my entire career and I love it I do I love it and you build relationships with these students you don't talk about building relationships with your students in undergrad you don't talk about you don't talk a lot about the families that aren't going to have a lot you don't talk about walking into a music class and having nothing or every single one of your instruments being broken or that you're in a tiny room, or that you're gonna be teaching on a cart. Honestly, I think they should have a whole entire um, frame and coursework dedicated to teaching on a cart and having to roll around a school. Because you can do some pretty amazing things on a cart. You just kinda gotta improvise. 
um, the schools that I student taught at had huge, like, big programs where, um, they had band, they had choir, um, and general music, and they had a, um, long-standing relationship with their music teacher. The schools I've taught at myself had to have had a new music teacher every year. It's the first school I've been at where, like, this is my second year at the school where I've stayed because I love my students and my staff and what I'm doing. And not that I did it at my other jobs, it just doesn't fit you. You're going to have to find the job that fits you. I work in um, more of an urban inner city setting. All of my, I would say 95% of my students are African American. I build wonderful relationships with my families. I build wonderful relationships with my students. They are absolutely wonderful. Um, And we learn so much, but it starts with classroom management, which is something that many of the people I've talked to said, you don't learn that your first year. You don't learn that in college. They go into schools like um, wondering, oh my goodness, why is this class insane? You gotta start with classroom management. It's just all about consistency. So if there's any professors listening in on this, you know, maybe take some time to rethink what you're sending your teachers out to do. Maybe, I mean, just a suggestion, but it's a thought. Um, Another thing is to find um, groups where, or certifications in ORF, Kodai, um, Dal Crows, or First Steps in Music. And the reason I say that is because those help you immensely. I have learned so much just by going to these summer courses and getting certifications. I so wish that in undergrad, you truly dived into those because those are like your, your first steps in music, in music education, your first steps in music education. So we, I teach using first steps in music to my students, but what are the first steps to teaching? Getting something under your belt that you can use in your classroom, that you can supplement for a curriculum. Those are wonderful. They're wonderful principles to go by. It's not a methodology, they're principles. A lot of people say they're methodologies, they're principles. Um, Kodai wanted people to be able to use his work in the classroom, but it, he wasn't saying that mine is the only one you can use. Nope. You can use ORF with Kodai. You can use First Steps in Music with ORF. You can use Music Learning Theory with First Steps in Music. I mean, music is so grounded and universal, and there are so many different ways that you can teach music that there's not just one right or wrong way. And I I want first-year teachers to know that. There's no right or wrong way to do what you're doing. As long as you're loving your students and trying your hardest to help them succeed in their class, um, to help them succeed in life, to give them some comfort throughout the day, to give them something to laugh about, give them something to smile about, get a little song stuck in their head. Um, Your job's important, even if you don't know what you're doing, because again, I had no idea what I was doing my first year teaching. I will be absolutely 100% honest with you thought I did. I was pulling out lesson plans, curriculum. 
I didn't even know what, a, what the curriculum was because I didn't have any. And that kind of segues into my next topic, the curriculum. What? What kind of curriculums are out there? How do you use it? How much are they? Do they have them? Sure they do. Some curriculums are extremely expensive. This year I was lucky enough to get uh, Quaver Music for my students to have a supplemental curriculum with First Steps in Music and whatever other, excuse me, and whatever (laughs) other crazy things that I do in my class. Um, And with Quaver, it's so exciting. It's fun, especially for my little ones when there's fun activities. They like the videos. They like the colors. My older kids, not so much. They think they're too cool for school. That's like seventh and eighth grade. Sixth grade, I can still kind of get away with it. So um, that's about a, that's like $3,000 a year from your school. My school doesn't have that. They just had extra this year and I asked for it. Um, Another widely used curriculum for my first year teachers would be Music Play Online. I believe it's $150 a year. It's super affordable um, and it has so many wonderful and fun activities. Um, So if if you do like want a curriculum and you're not sure what to do so you want something to follow and kind of pick and choose out of, that would be a great one to pull out of. And they're, um, the people that created it, they are always responsive to, um, to talking with teachers, you know, or they're responsive to the culture around them and to the ever-changing world of music education. But they have a lot of fun resources. Um, another one is Game Plan. I haven't really used that one, um, but some people like it. A curriculum I like to use and follow or supplement with is First Steps in Music. Um, there's, I use First Steps with, um, I started with K through two, now I'm trying to dwindle it down to pre-K through one so I can get into conversational solfege with um, second through my upper grades. So um, again, I'm still in my second year at this school, so I'm still kind of bu- trying to build that program with my students and making it fun for them. And I'm trying to figure them out and um, I'd like to get my first step certification. So again, talking about getting your certifications, get them, do it, it's amazing. Um, and the only way you're really gonna get experience that you wanted from college is by teaching. Because really college is like, it just blows past you. I feel like there's a lot of wasted time taking like gen eds um, and really believe in in diving into music education and what that means. Um, Yeah, we take music history, but there's so much more beyond that. We take theory, there's so much more beyond that. Music is so much more than theory and history and ensembles and performance. I mean, it's all of that. But then when you get into music education, there's a whole other world. And I feel like schools and colleges need to dedicate their programs to that world. And, you know, you know, instead of just preparing us to teach performance, we truly need to dive into general music. General music is so important and I think that people see it as a less than profession. I think performers see general music teachers as a less than musician. And please don't ever feel that way. 
as a first-year teacher teaching general music. Um, again, some people were talking about methodologies. Um, another thing um, I was talking about behavior and communication um, on top of my curriculum. Getting to know your students' behaviors, getting to know their feelings, um, how to read them, who to contact when there's an issue, um, how to set up your classroom. Um, and this is all about you as a person as well. Like, I like open spaces. I hate that I have to have desks in my classroom this year to social distance with. Um, Also, just another thing is to keep everything moving for my first-year teachers. Um, someone mentioned having a large repertoire of songs and games. Um, so some people are leaving their undergraduate programs with nothing. They got a degree, but they don't have a, a, a repertoire of songs games and activities to pull in their first year. I can't say that. My undergraduate music ed teacher, was, she's truly a, a, a wonderful music educator. I mean, I think some people didn't give her the time of day, but I, she truly is a fabulous Kodai trained, ORF trained, a very well researched educator. She loves, I know she's truly amazing. Um, she gave us this wonderful repertoire of songs and games, over 400 folk songs and games and activities. It was so wonderful. It was so helpful. Um, also, um, well, this one's good. Someone said that they feel like they were exposed to different methodologies in college, but they never had to create lesson plans for one song at a time. So learning how to do longer curriculum planning or how to plan for a 40 minute class period versus, um, you know, a short, like the, the single lessons that you do in your methods class, general music methods. Oh, make a lesson for this. You only got 10 minutes. Well, our classes, they're 40, 45 minutes sometimes. My first year, they were an hour. That's a long time to keep people engaged, especially little people. An hour, that's a long time. Again, I said, I said it twice because it's true. It's overwhelming. What am I gonna do with these kids in an hour? Woo, you gotta be on your toes. You gotta be fit for that one. You're gonna be running around. You're gonna be singing. You're gonna be putting your heads down. You're gonna be sitting, standing reading a book, singing a book, doing, I mean, you're all over the place. And then it's only been 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do for the next 40 minutes? You gotta figure it out. And so planning for a 40 minute lesson. That's important, curriculum planning. Having more than one lesson at a time. I'd like to be more prepared for the entire year. I know like I can't set up lesson for lesson because each class is different, but I can set up like a goal. Like, oh, this is kind of the map that I want to do. This is where I want to end up by the end of the year or close to it. We don't learn how to plan like that. You're like, oh, there it is. Here's a lesson plan. Follow the template. Teach this tomorrow. That's what undergrad is. Okay. Okay. 
I'll teach, okay, you know, um, we really should have, like, a curriculum mapping guide, or how are we going to do this, because a lot of times, you're given things to do in college, <laughs> and they want you to figure it out for yourself, well, guess what, we're still learning, too, our brains aren't fully developed when we're, we're an undergrad, they're not. Yeah, we're legal adults, but our brains aren't fully developed. We need that guidance. I was a very anxious student. I'm still a super anxious student. I feel like a failure most days, but I love what I do. I love my students. I love what I do. And that's why I'm doing this because I want to help. But we need someone to say, this is how you do it. I'm that person who I just need someone to show me how to do it once and then I can do it again and again and again, and then I can tweak it my own way. I just need someone to guide me the first time. Because again, just like with our students, we're asked to um, differentiate instruction, to accommodate for learning disabilities. Well, a lot of those students that need accommodation, guess what, they go to college. They still need help. I still needed help, but I didn't know it until I was like, oh my goodness, I have a problem. I, you know, um, I have ADD and I didn't even know it till later on, till I was an adult. But, and that affected me throughout school, but I didn't know why. Nobody knew why. It's harder to diagnose it in girls. So I'm here to help those people and to advocate for them and and everyone because I hate being told we'll do this and just have it done and get it to me I like I'm that kind of person I need specific times I need specific dates and learning how to plan like that is really really helpful and um, as a first-year teacher it would be great to have that under your belt before you even get to a school um, they say planning part is huge I always asked questions about it in college, but we never talked about it enough, so they never figured it out. Planning for concerts, that's a big one, never did that. Pacing, rap, I remember in conducting, we learned about like pacing, and my um, professor and choir director was really great at showing us how she paces with her choral conducting and everything, and that was really helpful. Another one. Um, oh, this is a good book, Classroom Management for Art, Music, and PE Teachers. So that one's like a really good one to help um, with classroom management. Um, and so many people recommend it. I recommend that book. If you're going to be a first-year music teacher, um, get that book, Classroom Management for Art, Music, and PE Teachers. It'll help you. Finding resources, having a responsive classroom, um, knowing that general music is a kinesthetic experience and that kids don't need to just sit in one spot. You know how hard it is for some of these kids to just sit still in one spot? I had a lot of kids with wiggles yesterday and I was like, oh, oh, no, we have got to get up and start moving. So I was like, I had to just rearrange my whole lesson plan because I saw that there was a need and since I saw that need, 
I was able to change my lesson to meet their needs. You know, we don't, we're learned to, we're learned, we're taught to stick to that lesson plan. You stick to this, it'll be great. No, no, no. You stick to that, you might crash and burn. Again, like I talked about in the beginning. <sighs> Big explosion. Nope. Um, have something ready to do if the kids are struggling with what you're doing. Even if it's a coloring page, sometimes they just need to color. Make it a music one. Color the music notes. Color the quarter, quarter notes. They're learning. They're looking at notation. Color the rest. They're again looking at notation. Um, color soul me. You know for this. So just have things prepared. Um, or have a song where they are moving. I love these folk songs, and I love bringing them to my students because they it's a, it's it's music that they don't listen to at home, but they love them. One of them is called Hop Old Squirrel, and they love being able to hop around my room, pretend like they're flying, and pretend like, well, not and pretend like they're being a running squirrel. They love it. Let's do it again, Miss Oliver. Okay, you know, take some of that time, get some of that energy out. They will be on the floor in about six minutes. I don't want to do anything else. Let's just sit here. Perfect, and then get back to what you had planned. And that's exactly what I had to do the other day. So, things like that. Um, that reading books in music class is okay. So, I love reading books at the end of my classes, or I do song tales. Um, I think it's really good to help calm them down before they go back to class. The teachers will come to my classroom and they will wonder why their children are so quiet and calm. We do a song tale or I read them a book. And books are so great to use in music education and we'll talk about that in a later episode. Another one is don't get attached to one style of activity or teaching for your lesson. So your students all have different likes and dislikes and it needs to fit you as a teacher. I'm a singer. First and foremost, I'm a vocalist. For me, using my voice works the best and it helps the students listen to a good singing voice. Um, definitely, you know, try different teaching styles, try different activities. I love bringing out recorders. I don't care who hates the recorders. Bring out new activities for your students. Help them be engaged. So I think I've kind of like touched on everything. I like this one though, um, and this one might sound harsh, but this this person said, um, you know, possibly the educational theory and assessment, and maybe insert an intense semester of Orphan Kodai. I highly agree with that. Like I said, immerse your students, our, our, you know, the universities need to immerse their students in these principles, in these methodologies. Um, theory and history only get us so far, and it's so whitewashed. I will just be honest. It is so westernized. Um, we, and this is an, an, another thing, we need to have culturally responsive universities 
um, to send out culturally responsive teachers. Well, before I shut it down and end this um, episode of Music and Mayhem, I would love to thank you for joining me on my super interesting journey um, teaching music, um, being in touch with other teachers, and just my thoughts about, and other people's thoughts, these aren't just my thoughts, but they're, they're other educators about what to do, what we, what, what we um, want to share with our first year teachers or what we wish you had, what we wish we had as first year educators, as first year music educators. So we can recap a little bit. I know it was a little all over the place, but I'm so um, deeply involved in this and it's really something I believe needs to happen. A little bit of change needs to happen. We need to maybe have more inclusive programs where you know we're not just focusing on on teaching a certain way or rushing into pushing students um, our college students to just teach a certain way or teach for a certain group of people um, we need to have programs that show cultural diversion like that there are diverse people out there and you'll be teaching diverse children you'll be teaching children from many backgrounds um, not just suburban children. You'll be um, teaching kids who might have a learning disability, who might have a physical disability, who come from maybe, you know, um, poor homes, who come from rich homes, who come from homes where they only have one parent or you know, mom's working all the time, or dad's working all the time, or they live with grandma and grandpa, or something happened to them. Um, and so we, as educators, we need to learn how to teach every student. We need to be prepared for that. That kind of preparation is so important to molding your future educators and preparing them for that. Also, diving into these methodologies instead of just kind of letting us go. It's like saying, oh, you're on your own. Take it or leave it. You know, we, we kind of got to, we have to put ourselves out there. Um, we're, and as musicians, we're coming from so many different backgrounds. Some of us are vocalists. Some of us are instrumentalists. We're not all pianists and accompanists. We're not string players. Not all of us. I mean, we do everything. And we have to take music the way we can teach it best. And so we need to have classes that help prepare us to teach music the way we can teach it the best for ourselves that fit us. Um, professional development is so important, even as an undergraduate student, as a first-year teacher. Um, classroom management, we touched on that. Um, we just don't get prepared enough for that. I didn't, I wasn't prepared to unfortunately be punched in the face by a student. It happens. You're not prepared for that. Rough day, you know. I got through it. I'm still teaching. Some teachers leave because they're not prepared for that. We're losing so many teachers because they're not prepared to go out and teach in any type of school. Like any. They're prepared for a certain type of school. We need our teachers to be prepared for every type of school. 
private, public, whatever it might be, um, behavioral schools. And we need teachers who are sympathetic and empathetic. And I think, I believe in teaching empathy, social, social, emotional learning through music. So important. So this is a very impassioned episode of Music and Mayhem that is part of the mayhem in my life is figuring out what to teach my students because I'm only in my fifth year of teaching and I'm truly still trying to figure out the right way to teach my students, what to teach my students as far as curriculum, how to manage my classrooms because every classroom is different. Um, I still struggle with that in year five, not like deeply, but every year is going to be a new year. Every child that comes into your room is going to have their own story, just like we have our own story of why we became music educators and why we believe what we believe. And this is just touching the surface of this topic of what do I need to be prepared for when I go to, into teaching? What, what I wish college prepared me for? What a deep topic. And I, I might touch on it a little more in future episodes, but I really enjoy talking about, you know, what to expect when you're not expecting, basically. You know, when you're going into your first year teaching. Um, so I, I really just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I want you to have a wonderful, fabulous day you to be the best music educator you can be with who you are um, and, and just love what you do no matter what. So thank you for joining me on this latest episode of Music and Mayhem and I will be seeing you all again soon.